Emma. I'm Shannon. And welcome to this podcast, Doesn't Exist. We've got some new noises. I love it. We're two best friends and we want answers. Oh, yeah. I want to say it like Zach Bagans, though. No. We want answers. Speaking of Zach Bagans, if you're playing the bingo card, that might be a square for you. A bingo card? Where can they find a bingo card, Emma? Who creates a bingo card for their own podcast? (laughs) Weirdos, I don't know. But where would you find it? (laughs) At thispodcastdoesn'textexist.com. You can also listen to us there and do multiple other things. If you get there, it'll give you prompts and you can find it all. Yeah, we're not going to explain it. Because you have to go get your own answers. We can't do everything for you. I don't know why I'm being so aggressive. I don't know either. You said Zach Bagans. You feel, yeah, you got, you, got you a little, got you a little miffed. <laughs> Just the vibe his, of Zach Bagans. His Bagen. spirit entered your body. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, I do want to make sure that you know today is not spooky. Okay. Shannon's face when I just she was so incredulous until I said not instant squint of what are you going to do to me what are you am I going to cry today (laughs) will I I don't know well I hope you won't but um probably but not for ghost reasons yeah (laughs) it'll be it'll be something about Everest at some point we'll make it about Everest we always do or about the Titanic it's one of the two I mean, I am reading a book about ocean liners right now. Yeah. I mean, how far are you into that book? I thought you were reading that last week, too. I I, I am. It's okay. taking me a while. Okay. I ha- I'm i not doing my convoluted bookmark system. No, I will not be explaining. No questions. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> it's not I'm just, convoluted. I'm just trying to get one chapter a night because it's nonfiction. A little bit so harder to get into. It's like you, it's, you crack the book and there's some sort of, like, sleep spray inside that just, like, <laughs> It, like, puffs out, and then you're like, oh, I've only read half a page, and I'm yawning. I mean, that might be better than melatonin sometimes, though. Maybe. If you need it. Can I tell you a fun fact Absolutely. that I think might reassure you and maybe some of our listeners at home? Okay. Or wherever you are. I don't know. Maybe you're home. <laughs> maybe you're home. I don't know your life. We don't know where you live. Okay, but I feel like some people don't like trying to read before bed because they feel like, oh, well, if I only read blank number of pages or if I'm not getting through a book in X amount of time it's not worth it it's not like real authentic whatever first of all that's dumb you should do what makes you happy Uh, but also your brain would probably be happy if you got off TikTok and like looked at a dead tree to hallucinate for a little bit but I read an article that was summarizing a, a larger study that it only takes six minutes of reading to make your brain relax. So Wow. So if you only read for six minutes, it'll still help you fall asleep quicker. But if you want to read longer, you can. But, yeah. I love that. Yeah. You don't have that. You have the opposite problem. I do. But the reason I have the opposite problem I have figured out is because I was reading, like, my Kindle on my phone. And so the blue light was just like, you're awake. You're awake. You're awake. Do you have the night filter turned on? Yeah. That doesn't matter. Yeah, that's true. So now, right now, I am not doing any of that, even though two of my library holds came in for an ebook. Um, Instead, I am putting those holds off until later. They're coming in May so that I can read real books because I also have so many books that are neglected on my shelves and do not get any attention. So I'm going to give them some attention. I love that. And, and then you can decide if they get to stay. Exactly. Like if I don't. It's like The Bachelor. If, if I don't want you anymore, it's fine. It's not about you. It's me. I will not be giving you a rose. And you have to go home. You, you, just, you just go home. And you go home with someone else. And that's a, that's a fun adventure. So, um doing that but also I'm not usually an audiobook person but I Blast found me. I know I it's it's a focus thing that's fair but I found a, a Spotify podcast where they're reading persuasion and I love the woman's voice she's I don't recognize her name and I couldn't tell you uh, who it is but she's a I feel like I recognize she's it a Grammy you- award-winning when you text like artist and I 
for some reason don't recognize her name, but her voice is gorgeous. Who it is? Oh, Cynthia Revo. Yeah, she's like she does theater. Well, that makes sense to me. I mean, it's, it's, she's she's basically doing radio theater in my ears. It's delightful, but it's persuasion. So it's something I've already read, so I already know what's going to happen. Such a banger of a book. But it. <laughs> Yes, if y'all ever find any good copies of Persuasion, tag Shannon <laughs> in a photo. I mean, like, or, like, buy them. Or the, buy them. <laughs> I collect them. It's fine. But anyway, this is not a book podcast. No, it's not. I mean, sometimes it might be. It was a book stolen, or did a book possess somebody or something? Well, someone wrote a few things. Oh? Wrote a lot of things, actually. Some very famous things. Oh, I have no idea how to interpret the expressions that are happening on the other side of this microphone right now. Today, my friends, we are going to talk about the mysterious death of Edgar Allan Poe. <gasps> She's going to tell us something on Edgar Allan Poe. <laughs> I'm loving these songs. <laughs> oh, I did. That one's from a musical. Is it? What's yeah. it from? Snoopy the Musical. Oh my God. Or Charlie, or You're a Good Man, Charlie Brown. I don't remember. I think it's Snoopy, because I think they did it when I was at performing arts camp. I've never heard of that musical before. Um, yeah, you probably wouldn't have. You want to know who was uh, Charlie Brown in It's a Good, You're a Good Man, Charlie Brown in high school? Uh, Neil Patrick Harris. The Bone Shaman. The Bone Shaman. It was either high school or it was, I think it was college. It was college because you know who he was in uh, high school was, he wasn't Curly. He was the other. Judd? No. Oh, the tap dancing one? He's the one? tap dancing one in, up to date. in Kansas City in Oklahoma in high school. And he didn't tell his parents. And his sister. Seems to run in the family. His sister found out the week of the performance and didn't tell him that she knew. And so she took her parents, their parents to the performance and sat in the front row. So, like, you all did Salim when he was in High School Musical, the musical. Oh, he knew we were coming. Oh. He knew we were coming. Okay. No, what you did to me when I was working at Bush Gardens. <laughs> Hello, love. Sitting in the front Irish, row. But it's fine. Yeah, I was very close to the stage. Yeah. Intense stage mom energy. Yeah. And I really wanted to embarrass you, but, like, in a fun way. I mean, you but confused then, me for a while. But then Christian so. was mad that he I was didn't angry. wave to him, but I didn't see him. He wasn't. He so was then I mad. made a point when I saw your show later that night. But he was, to, it, to woo aggressively. Woo. <laughs> woo. And it was when people were like leaving the Yeah, they were like, what and are I'm you just doing? like sitting next to your stage manager being like, woo. <laughs> and they're like, what is happening? <laughs> what on earth? What's going on? All right. Let's talk about Poe instead <laughs> of. <laughs> okay, that theater. song is really good. I got to tell you. Is it? It's called The Book Report. Oh, okay. I'll look it up. Yeah. Because that's definitely a musical I've never heard of. Drop a 30-second, like, blurb in, in this podcast. Little shroop. Put it in the put it in the show notes. Yeah. All right, so let's start with Poe's early life. I'm pulling a Shannon. We're doing some deep dive history. Edgar Poe was born in Boston to actors David and Eliza Poe in January 1809 and was the middle child. He had an older brother and a younger sister. He was most likely named for one of the characters in King Lear, which his parents were performing in the year he was born. Big oof. Yeah. The next year, his father abandoned the family, and the year after that, his mother died from tuberculosis, so he was basically orphaned before he was three. Yeah. It's a little sad. It's a lot of sad. Put that on the merch. (laughs) It's a lot of sad. Oh my gosh, it's like... What? Meter. <laughs> Meter. How sad are you today? A little sad? A, a lot of sad. <laughs> There's no in-between. <laughs> I'm so glad to make you make you so giddy oh, so yeah. early. I just need that. Like, me and my therapist. <laughs> Where are you at today? Where, where's the arrow today? <laughs> a little sad? A lot of sad. <laughs> Alright, well, Poe was taken to his alleged godfather's home in Richmond, Virginia. Alleged only because there's no, like, connection or documentation or anything like that. He was just, at three, sent to this house. His godfather, John Allen, was a merchant, and although he never formally adopted Poe, he gave him the name Edgar Allan Poe. 
as we know him today. Mm-hmm. Apparently, John Allen would both spoil and aggressively discipline him, which was not the greatest mentally for the young Poe. Yikes. Yeah. And it should be noted that Allen had a lot of money as a merchant, and later on in Poe's life, he actually came into a very large inheritance and had even more money. So the fact that he was like both, it was it was this weird thing of like, I spoil you. You're so spoiled. Why are you spoiled? Kind of thing going on. Mm. Yeah. Mm-mm-mm-mm. Not great. Mm-mm. The whole Allen family sailed to the UK in 1815 when Poe was about five and had him attend a grammar school in Scotland for a year before having him join the family again in London. So John Allen was actually Scottish, so it made sense for them to be visiting for that long. Hmm. Poe was sent to multiple schools in the UK, mostly boarding ones because public schools didn't really exist at this point. Until Who wants to raise their own kids? Really, though. So, so lame. Send them away. He went to these boarding schools until 1820 at 11 years old when he moved back to Richmond with the Allens. At 14, Poe was part of the Richmond Youth Honor Guard that was formed to celebrate the visit of the Marquis de Lafayette, which is a weird tidbit and history pinpoint. (laughs) (laughs) You good? (laughs) Yeah. I was like, I'm not going to... So many Hamilton references could be made. (laughs) But I thought it was such a like interesting like pinpoint in history because of course Marquis de Lafayette we think of as part of the Revolutionary War. Mm-hmm. This is not that far beyond that point, and you know he's coming to visit Virginia. Look Lafayette! at look at what I did! I did this for you. You're welcome. <laughs> I brought back buns and chips and, and several, several kinds, kinds of, of dips. dips. We're hilarious. We're so funny. In 1825 or 6, Poe might have been engaged to his childhood sweetheart, Sarah Elmira Royster, but he left Richmond in February for the very much in its infancy University of Virginia. The school had some strict rules, but most of them were ignored, as the students were the system of government at the school. So the way it was structured was like the students would, which is, it, it was essentially the first liberal arts school. So mm-hmm. you would choose where you lived, what your major was going to be, basically what you were studying, and how you would report things of you know for, that people weren't supposed to be doing to the rest of the school, to the you know administration of the school. You weren't supposed to uh, gamble or bet on horses or anything like that. You weren't supposed to drink. You weren't supposed to smoke. You weren't like, there was a lot of stuff that you weren't supposed to be doing. Nobody paid attention to it at all. You don't say a bunch of young people, a bunch of young men doing what they want to do. A bunch of young men. Cause they all boys at this point. This system was current chaos and definitely left the door open to some interesting outcomes. Poe apparently lost touch with his supposed bride-to-be and also became estranged from his foster father, John Allen, because of gambling debts. Poe claimed that Allen had not sent him enough money for everything at school, for boarding, classes, texts, etc., and so had turned to gambling in an effort to make ends meet. He also claimed that he had to burn his furniture in his rooms in order to keep himself warm during the winter months. John Allen did send some funds for some additional expenses, but Poe's debts still stacked up. I also need to make something very clear at this point. This is 1826. Poe is only 17. What 17-year-old is going to make a good decision about anything, as well as honor a proposal of marriage? (laughs) Yeah. Mm. Everybody, let's do a little thought exercise. Everybody, close your eyes and picture the person that you were, like, most romantically either involved with or, like, wish you were involved with at the age of 17. Now, imagine being married to that person. And if you're thinking of the person that you're currently married to, wow, that's cute. Write a story about it in our email. We're very happy for you. uh, I think both Emma and I are hashtag big yikes energy. Humongous yikes. 
Well, mine's not a big dice. Well, mine's my, just like mine a, is. Mine's like a, hmm, I don't know how that would have worked. But, okay. But yeah. So I, I, yeah. all that to say, I agree with your, your point. Right? Yeah, no. Yeah. Sorry, Sarah. Yeah, Sarah. 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 Yeah, Sarah. Sarah Elmira. Elmira. After a year, Poe dropped out. And just as a side note, he was essentially an English major um, because he was studying ancient and modern languages, which it just meant he read all the time. Wow. Yeah. Uh, But he decided not to return to Richmond. One, his foster father and he were no longer really speaking because of the money issue. And two, his sweetheart, Sarah, had married another man. Instead, Poe left Charlottesville for Boston, working odd jobs as a clerk and newspaper writer. He apparently at this time used the pseudonym Henri Le Renet. <laughs> Henry Le Renet. <laughs> cool. Yeah. I don't really know why, but also, reinventing yourself. I'll, yeah, I'm like, write in, because I feel like at some point in like middle school, everyone had a phase where, like, not, th- not that they like went by a different name. But I feel like we've all thought Craved about Craved like, a different name for yourself. I wanted to be a Samantha so hard. Oh. Because I liked the fact that you could shorten it to Sam. Oh, that's fair. I wanted to be Charlotte so that I could change it to Charlie. Because I really liked the idea of having what was supposed to be a boy's name. Yeah, I... Because my name is not very nicknameable. No, I've never... We've talked about this before. I've never called you Shan in my life. There are very few people who can. It just doesn't, like, I'll call you shenanigans. Maybe. Such good branding on my part. But mostly it's just wife. Yeah, Or true. dude. Bruh. Bruh. <laughs> Bruh. And other people just sing my name and make it longer. You're welcome. Feel free to use that. That's a no from me. Dog. I almost said that to my dad the other day. <laughs> he asked me if I wanted something of like from Nana's stash of stuff. And I almost went, that's a no from me, dog. That's a no from me. <laughs> but instead I just said, that's a no from me. And like dad. closed my mouth. <laughs> Bro. It's going to be a no from me, dog. Please just do say that because I feel like he wouldn't even like. He wouldn't register. flinch. He would just he he, he would just keep he going. He would just keep and then, going. And then like two seconds later, be like, "Did you call me dog? What did you say? <laughs> Sorry, can we walk that back for a second? What did you did, did you call what? me a dog? Yeah, like, yes, father. Still unable to support himself, Poe enlisted in the U.S. Army as a private in May of 1827 under the name Edgar A. Perry, claiming he was 22, even though he was only 18. Wow, what's Steve Rogers' energy? Truly. Poe's first book was also released at this time, weirdly. This book was a 40-page collection of poetry titled Tamer Lane and Other Poems under the byline By a Bostonian. Only 50 copies were printed, and it got basically no attention. Sounds about right. Yeah. Poe served for two years until he revealed his real name and circumstances to his commanding officer. The reason he did so was to try and leave his five-year enlistment early. Once Poe secured someone to take his place, because apparently that was what you had to do. You had to get someone to cover your shift, I'm Well, sorry. like, to finish your enlistment term, you're like, hey, if you can, like, finish this out for me, that'd be great. Right? The 1820s of it all. Um, But he also, at this point, had minorly reconciled with Alan, and so you had to basically pay your way out as well, and Mm -hmm. so Alan provided some money. Good gang. Yeah, basically. But with this, Poe was free from the armed forces for now. He decided to move to Baltimore and spend time with his Aunt Maria Clem, her daughter Virginia Eliza Clem, his older brother Henry, and his grandmother Elizabeth Cairns Poe. This was all on his dad's side of the family. Mm-hmm. So they have, you know, he's figured out who his family is, and he's always kind of known, but now he's actually really connecting with them. Poe used this time to continue writing and received what he called, quote, the very first words of encouragement, end quote, about his writing from critic John Neal. This prompted him to dedicate a poem to Neal in his second book, All Araf, 
Tamerlane, and Minor Poems in 1829. A year later, in July of 1830, Poe went to West Point to matriculate as a cadet. Being in the military was a surefire way to have a steady income, and training would ensure promotions that would then get you more money, all that. However, later in 1830, John Allen disowned Poe as his foster son because of his second wife's anger at his extraneous children, because Poe, although he was his foster son, John Allen had some uh, other children milling around. Dalliances. Yeah, so Poe wasn't the only extraneous one. And with this, Poe decided to be court-martialed. He just purposefully decided he wanted to be court-martialed. So on February 8th, 1831, Poe was tried for, quote, gross neglect of duty and disobedience of orders for refusing to attend formations, classes, or church, end quote. He pleaded not guilty so that when he would be dismissed, that he, so that he would be dismissed when he was found guilty. Okay, so he just stayed in his bed for like a week. Yeah, basically. Like, Soldier, and he was like, what, bro? What do you want? No. I have decided no. So now he's officially done with the armed forces. A third volume of his poems was published in 1831. Poe is now 22, which was mostly funded by his former fellow cadets at West Point, who had each donated about 75 cents, raising around $170. Oh, that's nice. I know, it's really sweet. The volume was titled as Poems and had reprints of his earlier poems, but also included some previously unpublished ones, regardless of the book being labeled as a second edition. Kind of just snuck it in there. Poe returned to Baltimore in March of 1831 as his brother Henry's health declined. Later that year, his brother, whose ill health had not been made any better by his alcoholism, passed away. Around this time, Poe attempted to make a living by writing alone, which was obviously very difficult. He is one of the first recorded Americans to do so, however, which I didn't know. The publishing business was notorious for not paying their writers at this time, and there was no copyright law that would have guaranteed any kind of payment or royalties at all. Poe was often asking family and others for money and other needs. Poe shifted as well from poetry to short stories and prose. In October of 1833, he won a prize for a short story titled M.S. Found in a Bottle. With his newfound minor fame came a job at the Southern Literary Messenger in Richmond, Virginia as the assistant editor. He started the job in August of 1835, but he was quickly discharged, having only worked a few weeks. The reason is often stated as being drunk on the job. Yeah. Poe returned to Baltimore and to his aunt's home, and it is here he found a wife. He obtained a license to marry in September of that year to his first cousin, Virginia Clem. The even creepier thing, though, and I'm just, in our time frame, this is weird. First of all, you're marrying your first cousin. It happened a lot then. This part is a little bit, it's obvious that they knew this wasn't, like, the best thing. Um, He was 26 and she was 13. Bruh. Yeah. Historians are unsure, however, if they were married when he got the license because they were reportedly, they reportedly had a ceremony a year later in Richmond where a witness falsely attested to Virginia's age as 21. So it's obvious to me that they're like, hey, you know. You're a liar. It's, it's okay, but, like, it's also, like, not okay, so we're just going to pretend that it's okay. I'm like, ah. i just like to shout out the state of Virginia because they don't let minors get married. Like, they just don't. You have to be 18. I had to look up the Fairfax County marriage um, license requirements for my homework assignment. Oh. For my wedding planning and management class that I'm taking. Mm-hmm. She's a fancy. I'm so fancy. Our midterms next week or yeah. like this week when you listen to this, and I'm not excited about it. I mean, when was the last time you took a like a class test? I mean, spring 2016. Exactly. So like, it's just an out of practice thing. Yeah, gross. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Doesn't sound fun. But I just remember being like, ah, because the 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 homework question was like. You have to look up the cost, the requirements, 
if there's a waiting period and like any special things regarding minors and interesting virginia or at least fairfax county is very like no nah. <laughs> just be 18 be a consenting adult please it's like yeah that's that's fair fair enough in any case so he marries a child yeah not the greatest move sir um poe got his job back at the southern literary messenger and move his moved his new wife and mother-in-law slash aunt with him and stayed for two years he published multiple pieces articles stories reviews he also separately published a collection in two volumes called tales of the grotesque and arabesque which he was paid for in copies of his own book Mm. which feels rude (laughs) well then he wouldn't have to pay to get them printed i guess but then no one's buying them well i mean even nowadays authors only get a certain number of copies to like Mm -hmm. give away and after that they have to buy their own book or like their family has to buy their book which hopefully you'll you know you want to yeah wrote a book you'll you'll purchase it i just find it funny that they're like we're not gonna pay you actual money we're just gonna give you your work back here then you can sell it to people that was the hope i guess you have to go out (laughs) market for yourself exactly street team Poe went to work for another magazine for a handful of years, but also decided that he wanted to get into politics. Oh. Uh I'm not brave enough for politics. (laughs) No. I'm the high ground! (laughs) Did I put TikTok reference on the Okay, well, there you go. I feel like we've had multiple, but there you go. Ugh. He tried to secure a position within the administration of President John Tyler, but missed the meeting with the friend of the friend that would have gotten him the job. The alleged reason was that he was sick, but the friend believed he was drunk and forgot. Mm. In 1842, Virginia came down with tuberculosis, causing Poe to drink more under the stress of her illness. That's helpful. Mm. But, you know, depression is difficult. And addiction is a disease. Exactly. It is also, should be noted, that this was the same illness that killed his mother. So that probably doubled down on the, like, abandonment issue situation. Freud pops up. Hello? Hello? Hello, big AIDS. <laughs> Poe moved himself in Virginia to New York, where Poe became the editor of the Broadway Journal and eventually its owner. On January 29, 1845, Poe's most famous poem, The Raven, was published in a separate journal and made Poe a household name almost instantly. He was paid only $9 for this publication, which even then is, like, not that much. (laughs) The cottage Poe moved himself in Virginia to in 1846 after the Broadway journal failed became the place Virginia passed on January 30th. 1847, at the age of 22. Her death reportedly made Poe extremely unstable, even though he attempted to court other women. He was briefly engaged to Sarah Helen Whitman, a poet in Providence, Rhode Island, but she cut it off because of his drinking and erratic behavior. Good for you, girl. You said, no thank you. No thanks. Poe eventually returned to Richmond and pursued his childhood sweetheart, Sarah Elmira Royster, who was now widowed and therefore available. Oh? Poe and Royster were reportedly engaged in 1849 when Poe left Richmond for his cottage in New York via Baltimore and Philadelphia. He left on September 27th and wasn't seen again, at least there is no evidence as to where he was, until a week later on October 3rd in Baltimore. A printer named Joseph W. Walker found Poe delirious outside of Ryan's Tavern. Poe must have been able to tell him his name because Walker then sent a short letter to Joseph E. Snodgrass, who was, I know, his name, I can't... Mr. Snodgrass. Sir Snodgrass, who was an acquaintance of Poe. The letter reads, quote, Dear Sir, There is a gentleman, rather the worse for wear, at Ryan's Fourth Ward Poles, who goes under the cognomen of Edgar A. Poe, and who appears in great distress, and he says he is acquainted with you, and I assure you he is in need of immediate assistance. Yours, in haste, Joseph W. Walker. So two things. One, Ryan's Fourth Ward Poles. The Fourth Ward was the district 
um, Ryan's was the tavern, but this was an election day. And that's where the polls were held, mm-hmm. were in the tavern. We love that. Forget a sticker. Right? You get I a pint. Get, yeah. Give me a vote. You get a pint. Truly, though. That is exactly what would happen. That's... Let's bring that back. You want to know why voter numbers are down. <laughs> You know, you could give them a root beer. Yeah. Shirley Temple. It doesn't have to be alcoholic. A little midday. A little coupon. A little coupon for you to use to get a, get a something. A little something. A little something something. Or even, it doesn't even have to be a bar, a beverage. No. Let's just start giving out, like, friendly coupons. No. You know, like. Yeah. You go get a little Sunday. We'll add one topping. Well, it's like when uh, the vaccines were first coming out and they were like, hey, you can get, what was it, Baskin Robbins free for a year or something like there that? No, a bunch of stuff. it was a bunch of stuff, but I think it was uh, Krispy Kreme. Krispy Kreme, yeah. Um, yeah, if you get your vaccine, let's Look, let's do that. I think we should, maybe, well, but then is it like American Freedom and Elections brought to you by... Oh, I mean, the capitalist like, state is here at all times. I mean, but, like, if that gets people to vote. Yeah. Maybe it should be, like, a multifaceted coupon. Like, a variety of places. And it hopefully be, like, local places and, you know, supporting local businesses. Some businesses do that, where it's, like, if you're wearing your sticker, you get... Yeah. Like, a whatever. See, we're fixing democracy. We're... Yeah. <laughs> The other thing I should note about this letter, cognomen, um, if you caught me saying that, it basically just means nickname. I don't, it, it's just a fancy word for nickname. Well, there you go. Now you know. Now you it know. It comes on Jeopardy. If you didn't know, now, now you, you know. you know, but it's a president. <laughs> Snodgrass. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like a, like a minor character from a Harry Potter novel. It does. It really does. But Mr. Snodgrass arrived promptly after receiving the letter and found his friend with unkempt hair and unwashed face and clothes that did not appear to be his own. They were worn and too large for him, and he didn't have the usual put-togetherness that Poe was known to have. Snodgrass actually called him repulsive. Rude. I mean, but if you're seeing your friend in this state of disarray to a point where it's like, what I mean, that's happened true. To you. If you've ever picked up a friend the morning after, it's your duty as a friend to be like, whoa, you look rough, my dude. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you saw some things. You, you did, did some, some things. things. <laughs> <laughs> this podcast doesn't exist, dot, dot, dot. You did some things. You did some things. Put it on the merch. And we want answers. <laughs> you did some things. things and, and we, we want, want answers. <laughs> Poe was taken to Washington College Hospital and was attended to by John Joseph Moran. John Jingleheimer Schmidt. (laughs) Moran's own account of Poe's state was, quote, a stained, faded, old bombazine jacket, this is what was on him, um, pantaloons of a similar character, a pair of worn-out shoes run down to the heels, and an old straw hat, end quote. Tag yourself, I'm the old straw hat. Poe was kept in a section of the building reserved for those who were drunk. He was denied visitors, and apparently the windows were barred. At no point was Poe coherent enough to let anyone know what had happened to put him in unknown clothes and in such a state. According to Moran, who was one of the only people to have seen Poe in his dying days, the poet called out the name Reynolds multiple times, but no one can really identify who he may have been calling for. The possibilities could be Jeremiah N. Reynolds, who was a newspaper editor and explorer, and Poe may have had an encounter with him at some point. They were, they ran in the same circles, but it's plausible, but there's no, like, real evidence for it. I have said this before, but, I mean, I can't time travel for, like, medical reasons and, you know, physics yet, but how cool that back in the day people could just explore their job that would be amazing that's cool what are you looking at sorry it felt like something moved over there but it didn't emma (laughs) sorry i wasn't going to tell you (laughs) 
inside its headlights. <laughs> Obviously, they turned their car around, and so the light hit the bottom of that desk, and so my brain went, cat. And so I thought that the cat had gotten out and somehow gone down here and around and was like sitting over there, but she isn't because it was just the trick of the light. It's fine. anything right now. swallowing the straw no that I that's a thing that's why you should like give kids a sippy cup if they're crying because they you can't their brain can't do both like no, I activities think it's like physi physiologically you can't like you have to stop one look, in order to I, do I'm the other. not a doctor I don't know we just know it works Wow, that took an unexpected turn. <laughs> so sorry. Is it because I you thought I saw that spider that one time, but it wasn't a spider? Well, that wasn't retaliation. <laughs> it wasn't so on purpose. It wasn't on purpose. <laughs> and it wouldn't if it had been a spider, it would have been fine. If it had been one of those like thousand-legged thingies, I would have like one of the silverfish. I would yeah. have cried and run. Yeah, I, I hate know. them. I know. Okay. Whew. What happened? <laughs> We're talking about Reynolds. The name Reynolds. Right. And some of explorers are cool. Great. He yes. might have run into him, but they weren't like besties. Yes. Great. So another possibility was Henry R. Reynolds, who was one of the judges overseeing the Fourth Ward polls at Ryan's Tavern, where Poe was found. So obviously this is a much more plausible Reynolds. Mm -hmm. um, but it's also said that Poe, instead of saying Reynolds, was saying Herring. I want y'all to take a second and try and say those as the same, like, say, say one and try and make it sound like it's the same as the other. I'm trying to think, like, if you were the drunkest you've ever been. Reynolds. Herring. No. No, neither works. So I don't really understand how it can be flipped. Would you say that this line of questioning is a red herring? Thanks. Very well done. Thank you. And, hilariously, at least to me, Poe was essentially the father of the murder mystery. Mm -hmm. So, very well, very well placed, your little anecdote. Anecdote? Yeah. I don't know why I needed to add things to that word that look look y'all she just studied english she doesn't spell it she doesn't say it she don't speak it she's not certified she barely hears it truly <laughs> hello hello Ugh. so poe had an uncle named henry herring and moran claimed at one point that poe did have a visit from a mrs herring but this is not noted anywhere. This is just Moran saying, this happened. Moran said that he tried to cheer up his patient at one point, telling him he was going to soon enjoy the company of his friends. Poe's response was, quote, the best thing his friend could do would be to blow out his brains with a pistol, end quote. Bit morbid. Poe made reference to a wife in Richmond, which could have been Virginia, but could also very well have been Sarah Royster, whom he was reportedly engaged to at this point. Moran's report stated that Poe's last words were, quote, Lord help my poor soul, end quote. Mm. 
before dying on October 7, 1849. Poe was buried at 4 p.m. the next day in Baltimore's Westminster Presbyterian Churchyard. Few people attended the ceremony, and Henry Herring, Poe's uncle, provided a coffin while his cousin, Nielsen Poe, provided the hearse. Those in attendance were Snodgrass, Poe's first cousin, Elizabeth Herring, and her husband, a former schoolmaster, Joseph Clark, and former UVA classmate of Poe's, Zacchaeus Collins Lee, as well as Reverend W.T.D. Clem, a cousin of Virginia's, who presided. Poe was buried without a headstone, as the one that would that had been made for him was destroyed in a train accident. Oh no! Yeah. Instead, his grave was marked with a sandstone block that read number eighty. More than twenty years later, poet Paul Hamilton Hayne visited Poe's grave and published an article about the poor condition of it. A petition was started for the for funds, and about one thousand five hundred dollars were raised to erect a monument designed by three Baltimoreans, an architect, a builder, and an artist. On October 1st, 1875, Poe was reburied close to the front of the Westminster Church. I should also note it was kind of a fumbled thing. So the coffin that had been given for Poe's funeral disintegrated very quickly, as it was supposed to, like you're only really supposed to be buried once, and Poe's body at this point, 20 years decayed. So when they were trying to lift it from the grave, it all kind of fell apart. (laughs) And it was just like pieces of Poe everywhere. Um, So they had to like pick up all the pieces and put them in a box and transfer them across the churchyard. A little funny. But also a little sad. I feel like he would have laughed. I feel like he would have laughed too. That's why I'm laughing. Because I feel like he would have been like, you know what? This is just the icing on the He's cake. He's like, you know, my life was a little bit... I did fall to pieces at the end there. Yeah. So you know what? It's poetic. 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 I'm dying to make that, <laughs> that joke. A speech was made. Walt Whitman attended. And Alfred Tennyson wrote a poem for the ceremony. The absurdity of Poe's life and death didn't end here. In 1864, the church had turned all the headstones on the graves to face the west gate, and so when the crew was tasked to dig up Poe's remains, the first exhumed was a 19-year-old militiaman, and not Poe. When they finally got the right body, one witness said, quote, the skull was in excellent condition. The shape of the forehead, one of Poe's striking features, was easily discerned, end quote. He has a five head like me. So, like... (laughs) Halloween costume. Me as Edgar Allan Poe? Yeah. (laughs) And Ernest as the Raven? Yeah. Wait, no, he's Sarah Clem. (laughs) Correct. Or not Sarah, whatever, Virginia. Yeah. (laughs) Done. 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 And then Penny can be the Raven. No. Squid, Squid can be the raven. We haven't Penny introduced... is the, tell, the telltale heart. <laughs> Anytime you try to be quiet. <laughs> we haven't introduced Squid. Squid is my kitty cat. She is a kitten. She is the sweetest. She's a little black bundle of joy, but she's also the meanest and the most... I was going to say, by the sweetest, she means a menace. (laughs) She is a menace, but she's a sweet menace, and she's so cute. I love her. I love her. Anyway, that's Squiddy. Um, All right, Halloween. Sorted. Halloween, completely sorted. Very well done. Thank you, Shannon. You're welcome. It was also noted at the time that his head rattled when they moved it, which most of them believed to have been his brain, shrunk and petrified within the skull. That's not how that works, right? Nope. Okay, I was gonna say. No. You know more about dead bodies than I do, but... <laughs> the, you're correct. That is not what happens. Correct. We'll talk about it a little bit later. Oh. In 1885, Virginia's remains were also moved to join his. Apparently... William Gill, who was an early Poe biographer, had gathered her bones after the ceremony she had been laid to rest in was destroyed and stored them in a box under his bed for a very long time. The what she was destroyed? The ceremony? The cemetery. Oh, you said 
Did I say ceremony? Yeah. I'm sorry. The mm-hmm. cemetery. The, 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 the cemetery she had been buried in was, like, getting dug up, and it was not a great situation. Okay. But he, like, went and got her bones and hid them under his bed for almost 15 years. That's, mm, sorry, like, I'm all for people having a very niche subject that they care about and they want to write about and research, but there's got to be a little bit of a boundary, you know? Unless it's, like, your, like, even then, if it's, like, your family, it's still weird. Says the woman who wants to become a base anonymously. That's fair. Yeah. Yeah. It's not that weird. Anyway. <laughs> no, that's not the conclusion to which we were supposed to come. They're both weird. See, but my my brain, I was going to Mary Shelley and how she had Percy Shelley's skull as a paperweight on her desk after his death. I thought it was his heart in the jar. Maybe it, you know what? I could have made that up, though. I don't know. I thought it was his skull, but maybe it was his heart. I mean, a, a skull sounds much more hygienic. It does, but I now I'm questioning myself. I'll look it up later, and or, or in, one of you can, you know, DM us or email us to tell me how wrong I am. In any Ernest. case, yeah, Ernest will, Ernest will tell me chat. exactly. But like a week from now, and I'm gonna be like, oh yeah. <laughs> Virginia's mother's remains were moved as well, and now all three are resting beneath the monument of Pope. Okay. Yeah, I'm not, I, I think what happened was that her mom was also buried in the same cemetery that had been destroyed. Mm-hmm. That's my guess. So the creepy dude was like, two for the price of one? Maybe. Bones under my bed? Bones under my bed, band name. I was gonna say, like, song title. That too. I feel like DB and the Coupettes could definitely do something like that. The Halloween album. Mm. Ooh, and like one of the uh, songs is literally just creaky doors opening and shutting. I'm into that. Okay. I gave you that vinyl. You did. Haunted House Sounds. Haunted House Sounds. <laughs> you did. I can't wait to use it. Party time. Party when your time. dress is at the How great would that be? Oh, I'm so excited. So the initial obituary that appeared for Poe in the New York Tribune said, quote, the literary art lost one of its most brilliant but erratic stars, end quote, and claimed that Poe was known for walking the streets drunk, angry, and delirious, and that he was excessively arrogant. The man who wrote it was Rufus Wilmot Griswold, a former colleague and acquaintance of Poe. Griswold claimed that he was Poe's literary executor, but this is questioned as neither man liked the other. Hmm. Most of Poe's true friends negated the entire obituary. They were like, this is not the man we knew at all. However, this biography of the poet colored later biographies of him up until 1875 when a more accurate one was published by John Henry Ingram. But even then, many biographers, even into the modern era, use Poe as a cautionary tale against alcohol and drugs. Even well after his death, the legend of Poe persists as the madman poet. Yeah. So theories abound over what it was that actually killed Poe, but there are some interesting things we need to note first. One, Poe was known to be depressed, and he had nearly died in 1848 due to an overdose of laudanum, which was readily available as a painkiller at the time. Like, you could basically over-the-counter... Mm-hmm. Was it, is it morphine? Is laudanum morphine or is it opium? I forget. It's one of those, like, or heroin. Laudanum is heroin, I think. Ernest, correct me. Let me know what it I'm is. I'm like, I do not I'm know. I'm not saying anything with confidence anymore. I do not know. But he was just, he had taken too much of it and mm-hmm. almost died. It has been confirmed with Ernest that laudanum was opium, which also makes you sleepy. And is a painkiller. It basically just, like, makes your whole body kind of downer. Yeah. Number two is that Dr. Moran was not very credible. Even though he was the last person to really see Poe, his story changed constantly about the author's last moments and claimed that he had let Poe's aunt know about his death immediately when, in fact, she didn't receive anything from Moran until November 9th, a month after Poe died. Bro. Right? He also said that... Poe's last words 
were instead, quote, the arched heavens encompass me, and God has his decree legibly written upon the frontlets of every created human being, and demons incarnate, their goal with it will be the seething waves of blank despair, end quote. We're pretty sure he did not say this, and Moran may have made it up as a way to try and console mourners of mm -hmm. the author, but he even altered the dates that Poe died from October 6th at 9 a.m., to October 7th at 10 a.m., when in reality it's more widely reported that he died on October 7th, like, in the afternoon. He claimed he had the hospital records to back this up, but no records, including the death certificate, have ever been found, if they existed at all. Number three is that Poe may have had a severe allergy to alcohol, or was an extreme lightweight as it was reported that one glass of wine would make him appear drunk and sick. So, hi. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna me. say. I am Poe for Halloween. Are you Edgar Allan Poe? Are you reincarnated? No wonder you like dark academia so much. Right? It's me. Is it me? <laughs> am I the Poe? I almost said, am I the mongoose? Because that's what, that's what my brain puts in there now. That's what we want on the t-shirt. Am I the mongoose? His younger sister was reportedly the same, so she would react the same way to alcohol that he did. Still, he was known for drinking, even though in reality he only ever overindulged a few times, mostly in the time after his wife Virginia passed. In the months leading up to his death, Poe had joined the temperance movement and had stopped drinking altogether. Hmm. So our first theory is depression, and therefore thoughts of suicide. Poe was characteristically depressed in the last years of his life because of his wife's death, and with the almost overdose, the possibility of him wanting to join his wife was high, but most researchers deny this claim. His writing has been analyzed by psychologists in 2020, and they surmised that he was certainly going through a large depressive episode in the last year of his life, but the evidence for suicide was lacking. So he may have been just existing and not living anymore, but... <laughs> A mood. Yeah. The second theory is alcoholism. With a brotherhood basically succumbed to alcohol, and with the way he was found outside the tavern, most assume that this is the real way that Poe died, either with alcohol poisoning or with withdrawal, depending on how long it had been since his last drink. Newspapers at the time reported Poe's death as, quote, congestion of the brain or, quote, cerebral inflammation, which were just euphemisms for death by disgraceful causes, such as alcoholism oh. or syphilis. The French disease. However, with Poe's reaction to alcohol, as well as his recent, but not immediately so, he had been part of the temperance movement for, I think, up to six months at this point. Um he had joined the Sons of Temperance, making this theory a little weird. His reaction could have been the real cause if he truly did have an allergy, and he could have somehow jumped off the wagon while he was missing for a week in Baltimore. Yet Dr. Moran said that Poe did not die under the effect of any intoxicant and claimed that he, quote, had not the slightest odor of liquor upon his breath or person, end quote. But we also don't know if we can trust Moran. Mm. The third is cooping. This requires a minor bit of history. Cooping was a common practice during this period. Voter fraud, where someone would go vote, leave, change clothes, and disguise themselves, and then go vote again over and over, was common. But there were those who would do this to an extreme. A man would be abdu abducted off the street by an election gang, keep them in a, who would keep them in a small room or a coop, drug them and intoxicate them with alcohol or scare them with violence to have them participate in ballot stuffing and voter fraud. In this way, a political party could gain traction in parts of a city that they wouldn't otherwise have. So this practice of abduction, intoxication, and continued voter fraud was called cooping. What Fox News thinks the liberal agenda is. <laughs> exactly. Yes. 
Those who were abducted would be changed into different clothing, be given fake wigs, beards, or mustaches, and have and they would be made to go vote multiple times. It was also common practice to have the polls in taverns and public establishments like those and have voters rewarded with a pint, like we talked about. So ostensibly, the person who had been cooped would be very drunk and very disoriented by the end of the night. The possibility of this happening to Poe is high, as he wasn't recognizable as the man who wrote The Raven, because this is the 1840s and, you know, there's daguerreotypes, but those aren't something that you commonly put into newspapers. Right. And the daguerreotypes that we have of Poe were taken in the last year of his life, so they're like, they're in pretty incredible photographs. But he wouldn't be recognizable as anybody, mm-hmm. although his name was pretty well known, as apparently was his five head. He was in Baltimore and so could have been seen as an easy target if those who abducted him didn't recognize him as someone local because they're working district by district. And it would explain his ill-fitting clothes and drunk appearance if he had voted multiple times as part of the scheme and the tavern he was found outside of was a polling place on the day of an election. So, it's a potentially high likelihood. Our fourth is Muere. Or more likely beating to the point of death. Of course, there's always murder as an option, and it is posited that Poe was severely beaten and therefore disoriented because of a head injury by his bride-to-be's brothers, who could have tracked him down and beaten him in an attempt to get him to stay away from their sister. They may have thought he was after her money, as she was widowed now and made wealthy by her inheritance, or maybe they just didn't like him. But the beating could have also been inflicted on him by someone who was cooping him or someone who just had a bone to pick. But the beating itself doesn't explain the clothes or even the intoxicated appearance, even if he had gotten a head injury. Yeah, I feel like they would have noted some sort of physical Right. There wasn't any, like, black eyes. There wasn't any, like... He didn't look like he'd been in a fight, basically. Mm -hmm. What number is this? Five? Five? Yeah. I didn't number mine this time. Five is a brain tumor, which could be the reason for Poe's untimely death at the young age regardless in his last months he was more erratic his last week is unknown and the night he was found he was incoherent and acting drunk but it could have been a tumor putting pressure on his brain and making it impossible for him to focus or speak Mm. and remember the exhumation where they thought his brain had shrunk and was rattling around in his skull brains don't do that when they decompose. They're one of the first, because they're like the fleshiest of tissue, they're one of the first things to decompose in in a dead body. Um, So unless there is something extremely wrong with it, there would be no reason for the tissue to calcify and harden. But if there was a tumor, and therefore a mass that was already present in the brain, that would more likely calcify and would have stayed in the skull and would have been the cause of a sound when you picked up the skull. But, unless we exhume him again, we'll never know. Other theories, like flu, cholera, and similar diseases are positive as well, as this is the 1840s, and things like antibiotics and washing your hands aren't really a thing. This last theory is a bit out there, as the other theories presented could have all played into each other. He could have been depressed, drunk because he had been cooped, beaten either by an election gang or his fiancé's brothers, and that beating could have put pressure on the tumor in his brain, and all of these compounded could have killed him. So not it, couldn't, it, it could be that one of those things is the reason, but it could also be that all of them together were the reason. But what if it was rabies? In 1996, Dr. R. Michael Bennett's was at a conference where doctors are given anonymous patients on paper with a list of their symptoms and told to diagnose them. The doctor's, quote, author from Richmond was diagnosed with rabies with symptoms like lethargy and confusion, delirium, hallucinations, and wide variations in pulse rate and breathing. There are a few kinks in this theory, as there is no evidence of hydrophobia, a fear of water that Poe did not have as he drank water through his delirium in the hospital, Apparently, that's a symptom of rabies, and I did not know that. You're, like, afraid to touch and drink water. Okay. But rabies also kills you if you don't get the vaccine within, like, four days of being bitten. But 
Poe did not have an animal bite on him. Reportedly, he did not have anything on him. So maybe the only thing that even makes this kind of credible is the fact that a doctor sat with it, studied it, and was like, without knowing who Mm -hmm. he was, and was able to give an unbiased opinion Mm -hmm. about what had caused his death. But a lot of things can kill you and look similar. Mm. So there's a little bit of that. But however it was that he died, his legacy remains as the dark and eerie writer evermore. Thank you. I did also look into, because if we remember back to white man history... I was gonna say... Shannon brought up that Edgar Allan Poe was famous for saying the, his last words as Croatoan. I cannot find anywhere where it is written credibly, and so it honestly might be just the legend and legacy of him being a mysterious person, but I would really like it to be his last word. Yeah. Because then it would give us at least a little, like, it would be some weird clue. And I'd like that. Well done. Thank you! And we can go visit his grave site if we want to. In Baltimore. And that's why the football team is the Ravens. Exactly. I only figured that out last night. And I looked at Ernest and I was like, do you know why the Baltimore Ravens are called the Ravens? And he was like, no, why? And I was like, because of Edgar Allan Poe. And he was like, oh, that makes sense. And I was like, you're not as excited as I am. (laughs) Yeah, sports. Sports. I, I was happy with that one. That was a fun one. Well done, Emma. Thank you. And you know what it's time for? <gasps> time Mailbag to, moment. Time to drop the track. She said. Feels like a K Jewelers ad or something. <laughs> Every yeah. kiss begins with <laughs> not some not your best work. All right. You are not a poet. <laughs> I am not. I used to be. But at least you know it. I do know it. You have some good work though. Thanks. It just takes you a long time to write it. Yeah. A very long time. You're welcome for heart fart. Thanks. It only took like how many years? Five. Five years. Five years. <laughs> Took me five years to write you hard. Okay, but I'm giving the context. That's Here fine. Is your college story Woo! for your bingo card. Emma, sophomore year, when she still lived with me, before she left me at Sweetbriar College, she was in a creative writing class or like poetry. Yeah, I was something. in a poetry she, class. <laughs> and she was, what did you even say? You were like... I was looking... I I was trying to write a poem, and I was trying to find things that rhymed with heart, and I couldn't, I wasn't even online or anything, like, trying to find, like, rhyme zone or whatever. I was just staring off into the distance going, the only thing I can rhyme with heart is fart, and you were sitting on your bed, and you just doubled over laughing, because, of course, it's very funny, but I was having a real crisis. Yeah. (laughs) And you said you need to write me that poem. Right. Where you rhyme heart with fart. And so, and you were like, "I will." And then, and then at I another didn't. point, I remember somewhere in the interim because I took a screenshot of the text message. Like I think I had asked you, like, "How's your homework going?" or something, and you were like, "All I can, the only creative thing I can use to describe like the sound of leaves crunching is like the frying of bacon or something like that." It was rain falling on leaves. There you go. It sounds like sizzling bacon. And just I think, just like, close your. The next time that you're like outside and there are leaves on the ground and it's just like you know softly raining, just close your eyes and think about that for a sec. Just listen to the sound. It's sizzling bacon. I'm right. I was like, well done, but it's no hard fart. And then, cut to, the year was... 2018. 2018. That's what I was going to say. I'm a good friend. 
<laughs> it's the night before Emma's wedding. Yep. I'm sitting in my room. She's in a room down the hall. Ernest is away on a different part of the house. And I have two little letters from these little lovebirds. First of all, I have to get out a magnifying glass because Ernest's handwriting is so tiny. It's minuscule. Oh, it was very heartfelt, very cute. And then I open the envelope from Emma. And what do I see before my eyes? But a poem titled Hot Fart. To which I cackled and she could hear me through the wall. I could and I texted you and I was like, did you read it? <laughs> and then we cried together and it was Yeah, cute. it was okay. cute. It was great. Anyway, this is a different thing. Yes. This mailbag moment comes to us from Haley. Of course. And this might be the greatest subject line ever. It makes me very happy. Am I a fan? Or am I a Muppet? <laughs> it sounds like a, a, a the killers. Are we human? Are we dead? Am I a fan? Or am I a Muppet? <laughs> so Haley writes, If I were a Muppet, I would be Gonzo. Because he and I share a similar fashion sense. I look very good with blue hair, and as a child, I was obsessed with, like, the early days of the circus and wanted to be shot out of a cannon, which is what Gonzo does as his act on the Muppets. Apparently, we asked people, if you were a Muppet, who would you be? And that is Haley's answer. I love, I love that. Also, my answer is now Elmo. <laughs> also, no sign-off. <laughs> they never do. This is just one sentence. They never they never have a sign-off, and, and it makes me happy. proof. That you can send us anything. It doesn't have to be a long story. It could just be a little thought. Yeah, and... A little heart fart. A little heart fart. Guys, send us a little heart fart, okay? Send us a sweet little heart fart. Oh my god. We would love to hear from you. And And we'll say we are. We have a couple more mailbag moments, but... It's getting pretty slim out here, guys. The mailbag is getting pretty light. Yeah. It's feeling like Santa on December... 26th. I was gonna be like October 23rd know? is what came into my brain. I'm not <laughs> I'm even like, lying. No, we can't ruin another holiday. <laughs> Somehow my brain was like, yes, Christmas, October 22nd. That's oh, what it is. Oh gosh. Well, Emma can't remember holidays, but I hope you remember. <laughs> this podcast doesn't exist. That was very well done. That was a very good segue. I'm very proud of you. Thanks. You're welcome.